My first movie, Back From Hell, took four years to complete on 16mm. You know, I thought I was never going to finish that thing. So at this point, we were thinking of trying something new, like shooting on video, because, you know, this was back in the mid-90s, and a lot of movies were being shot on video, and they were starting to look pretty good, because you had things like the, the film look process, which was helping. You know, film was so expensive, you know, you had all your... All of your money basically goes into equipment and film processing and developing and all of that stuff. So we thought we'd try shooting on video, and that film became The Necrophiles. And the idea of that movie, I guess at the time, was to make a parody, a parody of sort of underground SOV movies, at least how we saw them. You know, it sort of had all the ingredients of how what we saw as, as like sort of underground horror movies. All those ingredients just sort of like pumped up, you know, through the ceiling. But tips, if anybody wants tips, uh, the only tip is to just do it. Welcome to Speak All Evil, the podcast you were warned about. I'm Trent, here with Kevin, Kat, and Dave. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hi. Follow us on Instagram at Speak All Evil Pod. Hey, big week for horror franchise news. We have a release date and plan for Halloween Ends. Woo! Yay! Yay! Looking at October 19th, I believe, and that's going to be a simultaneous. It's going to release in theaters and be on Peacock streaming on mm -hmm. the same day. Yeah. We got a poster, and we got a uh, yogurt commercial from Jamie Lee Curtis. Did you guys see that? <laughs> Thank you for posting I'm that. I'm going to kill Jamie Lee Curtis myself, because I know they could replace Michael Myers with any other actor, but if you kill Jamie Lee Curtis, the franchise will surely end. <laughs> Back to well, the Well, it's in the title, so Halloween mercifully ends. Mm. Also, Hellraiser, Hulu exclusive, October, October 7th or 9th? Or October whatever, like 7th or 9th. Follow us on Instagram and you'll know these <laughs> yeah, seven. details. No, but no, nothing else. Like no trailer. Like that's soon. Well, it was a 15 second, 15 second teaser trailer. They show you just a little bit of uh, Pinhead. Jamie Clayton plays Lady Pinhead. This is directed by David Bruckner. We've talked about a couple of times. We've talked about The Ritual. talked about The Night House. We've talked about VHS. And the same writing team from The Night House. Also, they wrote Super Dark Times. You guys ever seen that? Mm, that was great. Clive Barker is back. He had lost the rights to Hellraiser, in my understanding, for a long time. He just got the rights back, and he's involved in this, too. Oh, I didn't know that. I've been very skeptical, because there has been no news on Hellraiser since last year. Late last year was the last thing we heard, and I was wondering if it was going to be you know, stuck in development hell. Isn't there also a TV series being developed for HBO? I, I think so, and I don't know much about that. But after seeing Prey and the team that's behind Hellraiser, I'm, I'm feeling more bullish on it now. Yes. Yeah, I'm cautiously optimistic. Yeah, yeah, me too. It's nice for a change. And lastly, uh, Evil Dead Rise. We have a date. Uh, it's uh, April of yes. 2023. Yay. I'm we'll excited. see. That's a little far away. A lot can change between now and then, but Evil Dead, I'm, I'm fairly bullish on because they've been doing stuff. Everybody involved has been doing stuff since then. I feel like they should still have their chops and they should be ready to, you know, give us something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> This week, it's my Tubi week, it's 90s week, it's shot on video week, 
It's Visual Vengeance Week. A lot going on this week. Uh, we're going to start with a 1997 shot on video film called The Necrophiles, directed by Matt Jaisel, an underground outsider horror filmmaker. He's got uh, a few movies under his belt. I This is the first that I've seen. I was introduced to this um, just by stumbling upon this brand new physical media company called Visual Vengeance. They're an offshoot of Wild Eye Releasing, who does a lot of horror. Uh, Visual Vengeance seems to be focusing specifically on 90s SOV stuff. They've put out, I think, only five movies, including both of the movies we're going to talk about this week. The Necrophiles just got released on a deluxe Blu-ray package. It comes with a condom, a, a Necrophiles-branded condom. There are uh, uh, commentary tracks. There's all kinds of cool-looking stuff. I haven't seen that, but I have seen the movie, and it's an instant favorite for me. I love The Necrophiles. This is the story of a sexual sadist serial killer rapist. He has claimed 200 victims at the top of this movie, they tell you. Not 10, not 20, not 50. 200. One survived to have his child. Uh, and the movie picks right up in, in mid-killing. There's a pair of detectives, Sloan and Manners, that are on the trail of this killer. He happens to have killed uh, Sloan's sister. So that's kind of where this movie starts off, and it just gets more and more and more bonkers. From there, we end up with a uh, an undead sexual sadist serial killer and now zombie cannibal as well running around. There's a lot to talk about. Very, very excited to get into this one. I would like first to remind everyone of all the shit that I've gotten in the past for such great picks as Leprechaun 4, um, 13 Ghosts, and most recently, Mars Attacks. All Terrible. wonderful all wonderful picks that I got relentlessly bullied uh, for picking. <laughs> and then I am forced to uh, lay my eyeballs on this. Uh, this monstrosity of a mm. film is what I would call it. I'm not here, you know, to tell you that the idea of the film itself wasn't a good one. I think it had some potential uh, for sure. The makings of a plot were certainly there. And of course, you know, indie films aren't going to have, you know, the best video quality. This is like, you know, a, a new <laughs> kind of it, a situation. Put it mildly. Yeah. yeah. Um, Perhaps not the best acting that's you know that you're gonna see I, in a I film. Know. I would take issue with that, but mm -hmm. but come on with this movie film. I can't call it a film and live with myself and sleep <laughs> at night. Um, execution wise, a disaster, a disaster scape on a television. The acting was redeemable only because I thought it was so humorously bad that I just kept taking fun Instagram videos um, of the, the really fun scenes. The dad cam footage was difficult to watch, um, but it was all overshadowed by the story that they decided to tell in this film, uh, sorry, movie uh, thing. Uh, the zombie penis accompanied by zombie rape is really yeah. what put Potent. the... Yeah. Oh, did you say it was potent? Potent. Yeah. Oh, very potent. Very loud. <laughs> if I ever see this movie again, I will stop watching movies forever. Um, wow. And I, I will take that. I'd like that put on my uh, tombstone. News, news flash. We're watching it right now. <sighs> 
Yeah, and I'm uh, luckily my seat makes it so Kat I look this way. Cat doesn't get to watch. That's yeah. the, I was thinking about no, that Kat's today. well positioned. Cat doesn't row. get to watch That's it. This true. is just for you guys. Her back, yeah, her back is to the mm-hmm. television. I just made her turn around to watch the scene where the baby gets killed and they pull off the guy's penis. Yeah. And now they, she can never watch movies again. And now I quit the podcast. Anyway. Well, Man. Trent, you... <laughs> One you had a, you had an advantage going into this week in that both of these movies are about sixty minutes long. Yes, yeah, that's you You're know welcome. my kind of length. <laughs> <laughs> Zombie penis, not so much my kind of length. Oh, hey, so large. Um, I didn't love the Necrophiles um, until I watched it a second time. Yes, with uh, just humor in mind. I will say this: the other movie we're going to talk about, I absolutely loved. Like spoiler oh, alert. Oh, nice. Uh, this one I thought. I thought they could have like toned down the sleaze a little bit in this one. Um, it's a you little, think? it's yeah, it's it's a little. What do you mean? And I, and I mean, this is coming from you know somebody, you know, who's talked about you're not Sa- afraid Salo and Atroz and you're and, not like, afraid all, of sleaze. Yeah, but this one, maybe just like the low budget aspect of it is like yeah, like why do you have to throw? You're, you're throwing that in that because you are sleazy. Yeah. Like you're just a dirt bag. <laughs> Uh, the dude that made this movie, Matt Jassel or whatever. Mm. Um, or whatever. I thought it was interesting. He didn't write this. Like, I thought this was a very interesting oh, no, SOV the, movie. Yeah, one of his co-producers wrote it, right? Yeah, and yeah. Like, two other guys wrote it, which I thought was hilarious. Because, like, you know, the other movie we're talking about is, like, written, directed, starred, you know, produced, yeah, like, edited, yeah. like, everything. Um, this in the hands of, I would love to see a modern version of this with, like, a sizable budget. Because you get everything, like zombie penis aside, that one just, I literally burst out laughing. At first, I was confused. <laughs> funny. Because it's like like a plushie. It's like a it's like a mascot-looking penis. Uh, it's fluffy, furry, yeah. Yeah. and wildly large. Um, and then I burst out laughing when I was like, that is what I think it is. That is a zombie penis, like mm-hmm. a three-foot zombie penis. Yes. But this movie like literally gives you like the serial killer aspect. It gives you cults. It gives you the undead. It gives you cannibalism. It gives you blow up doll love. Um, you know zombie rapes. Uh, it, there's so many layers to this movie that I'd love to see this done with a competent director, competent actors, um, and a much higher uh, video quality than uh, I love Cat's term dad cam. Um, that's that's going to stick around for a while. Um, it's not terribly scary. It's really done for comedy. I think that's why a second watch made me like it. I still didn't love the sleaze aspect of it. Um, but when I watched it through a comedic lens, like especially when like the cult guys end up praying to Jesus, like there's just some pretty solid like wit to the flick. Um, that is a little bit undone by, you know, four foot scenes of full frontal nudity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I mean, this one, I mean, I don't know if I'd revisit it, but it had, this week did get me into um, like the whole SOV genre. It's something that like I am interested in, like maybe exploring a little more. I mean, because let's face it, I've wasted way more hours of my life watching worse shit. Exactly. Uh, but there's a yeah. craft. There's a craft to yeah. this that you have to appreciate. Yes. A lot like probably more work goes into something like this at the end of the day than uh, a Marvel movie, uh, in terms of like actual uh, inspiration and drive. So, didn't love Necro. I appreciate it. Um, I really can't wait to talk about the next flick, though. If you want to know more about SOV movies, there's a great book called. Analog Nightmares uh, that you can check out by Richard Mogg. 
and it's like the Bible for SOV movies. It has everything. He goes deep, and you have to dig to find this stuff. So I appreciate you, Trent, uh, digging to find these movies this week. Uh, these two movies are pretty light for shot on video viewing. Like they're horror comedy, I would say. Yeah. Uh, most SOV movies use the medium to go to like morbid extremes and lean into the snuff aesthetic of the the quality of the camera. Um, and uh, I love checking out all the SOV stuff. Um, and I love Necrophiles so much. I asked Trent which movie I should watch first this week, and he said watch Necrophiles first. So I watched this first. And I absolutely loved it. Um, one thing we have to talk about that I feel like no one has mentioned is this is the low, 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 low budget. Like the lowest budget. Oh, the, no budget. Shot on video. Yeah. Like this is the grimiest this low. Like, it's the lowest budget thing we've seen, I think, on the podcast. If you watch like local commercials <laughs> for like plumbing <laughs> companies and stuff. From 20 years better, ago. From 20 years ago, it's better, better. quality than this. Yeah. I thought acting-wise, I actually thought it was acted pretty well. I thought if you mix Napoleon Dynamite, uh, Napoleon Dynamite with Training Day and had it directed by Lloyd Kaufman, <laughs> it would be this movie. Um, I know the guy said he was influenced by George Romero. I definitely saw a lot of that and the, the practical effects. I think the practical effects is really what you have to kind of focus on when it comes to these movies because... That's the moment that they're really they're putting everything they have into these moments and these practical effects and these this makeup and they're not relying on anything else. I would go out there and say that Necrophiles is the best shot to video zombie rapist movie. Boom. You heard it here first. Um <laughs> It's such a deep genre though. <laughs> the first Shot the video movie was a movie called Boarding House in 1982. And before that, uh, we were watching uh, Sledgehammer before the podcast started, which is in 1983. And that was the second one. And then after that, you can't even count because it just came as an onslaught. All kinds of people making these movies. And with this huge saturation, you're going to have some magic in there. And I think that Necrophiles yeah. is one of those lightning in a bottle magic just because the plot is so wild and the characters are so well developed. The detectives, it was some like crazy slapstick stuff. I didn't necessarily like the way it turned out. It was almost like, you know, like stranger than than fiction because like while you're watching this, where they, they're going with a plot is so unpredictable compared to Hollywood. And your first reaction when you see this stuff, because you're like conditioned by production. So when you first see this stuff and you first see them acting on this quality of a film, you want to dismiss it and say it's trash. But this movie has a lot going on. There's a lot of different things happening at the same time. I think the editing is amazing for how they keep it all together. Yep. It was much less confusing than a lot of the indie movies that we watch. Yeah. And I thought it was held together well. I love this movie. The thing that I just love about this is the fearlessness and the passion that went into this. This guy was not afraid to do anything, and the people that were with him weren't afraid to do anything, no matter what it is. I love the gore. This is, I love entrails. This is entrails galore 
This is like guys going to their friend who works at the butcher shop or whatever and getting the pig guts and be, not being afraid to get right down into them and, and grab them and pretend to eat them. Like really, really good gore in this. I mean, it's disgusting. It's over the top gore. Um, but then you have like the the baby doll, the fake infant oh. scene. Oh, thank you so much. I was, I was going there next. And it's you, so bad. You have the... Um, <laughs> I love that sound effect, though. You have the uh, the spirit Halloween cult, the satanic cult that just gets all their stuff. Hot at topic spirit. cult, dude, the smashing, <laughs> and the smashing pumpkin shirt. Th this is my my term for both of these movies this week is street core. This is like you know we watch a lot of movies and some we like and some we don't, but you can't sit here and say, "Oh, I hated Mars Attacks. I could do better than Mars Attacks," or you can't say like, "I hated The Abyss. Uh, James Cameron stinks," or whatever. This movie to me, this is like, this is a movie you could make if you had the passion, the drive, the desire, the fearlessness of somebody like Matt Jaisal. You could make this movie, and he did. That's what I love about it. I, I appreciate what you're saying for sure. I'm not here to stifle any filmmakers. You know, you I, you know, <laughs> he should have had a little more fear. I feel like maybe, maybe he shouldn't have been fearless. Maybe he should have taken a beat to be like. Should I? Should I you know, do this? I can't help maybe? but think you're kind of a party pooper, cat. I, you know, you guys are making me feel like a party pooper. I didn't think you guys were wa gonna watch this twice. I didn't oh, know I've, you were gonna I've give it. I watched it, it four or five I watched times. them both twice. Literally, Nick walks in while I'm watching this movie, and he's like, "Okay," and I'm like, "Yep, this is what's happening." And he's like, "You think?" You think everyone's gonna watch this multiple times? And I'm like, "I guarantee." It. I, I, I've been watching I it all week. I guarantee. Everyone's going to have watched this. I, more I only than did I because have. I hated this the first time I watched it. <laughs> yeah. And, and granted, again, it was it was a night that I couldn't sleep, and I like knew that I wasn't going to sleep for a while, so I was already kind of like cranky. And I watched this, and I was like, "This is just garbage." And it is. It, it's garbage. It is. I th but yeah, I think you have to look at it. So sleaze aside, you have to look at it from the perspective of... In a different of, lens, kind of. Well, I look at it like uh, like this and the other movie we're going to talk about, I look at from like a, a Peter Jackson's Bad Taste. Exactly. Like lens. Like yes. this is a bunch of friends. They're making a movie. You know, right now, the four of us could go shoot a movie in 4K with our phones. And, you know, this was at a time when you had a video camera, you had dad cam, and you had to like film all of this on analog tape. And edit that shit. And edit with the edit tube. everything. <laughs> like it, yeah, in these like editing bays, um, you had to add the music. You had to do all of that. So I mean, I have to respect that. And honestly, like I'm I'm not kidding when I say if you made this movie today, like there really are like a lot of pretty cool horror tropes thrown in. Like he yeah. throws the kitchen sink. Yeah. Um, but it works. Like you can actually follow the story. I I'm gonna go a little bit hard on Trent and Dave. The acting is fucking terrible. <laughs> I don't. I understand. What are you it. talking about, man? I, yeah, I, mean, I know. Yeah. I like it because it's sister, like that. Man. Let's go, man. What are you doing, manners, I man? I mean, if you put Robert De Niro in this movie, it would ruin it. <laughs> Their acting is appropriate it's, for the movie. The cops are so bad. They're, they're the best. So bad. No, no, they're the best. I no, was I was wondering like why at no point Matt Jaisal didn't tell the cops like you don't have to yell every single line. They just hey, decide the actors of the stage apparently. <laughs> so, I should I should point out too actually um, Matt Jaisal is out there. You can watch interviews. You can follow him on, on social media. He's still making movies. He he has said that this was his idea of a spoof 
of your typical 90s SOV movie. It was supposed to be a comedy, and he wanted to take all the elements that you would see in a typical horror, cheesy SOV movie and, and do those to 10. So I, I, there is intent there. It has two sequels. Yeah, I don't think he was. In, he, I don't think he was really involved in those. Though the the, the good for him. Necrophiles yeah. two, you can't really find. Um, Necrophiles three thousand, that is a stop motion doll recreation of this movie. You can watch that on YouTube. But I, I don't think he was actually directly involved. No, I in think this. he was, and like the actors from some of the actors from this one came back for the second one. I see. I can't find that one anywhere. Here's what I would like to say. I'm not trying to be a curmudgeon here. I did not view it with the same humorous lens that I think everyone else did. I went into it being like, yes, let's do this good film on, you know, shot to video. But I don't, even if I had gone in being like, this is going to really, I'm really, I'm really going to yuck this up. This is going to be hilarious. It's the zombie rape that derails it for me. I just can't. I just can't. I just can't. Well, I knew when, Trent sent us the director being interviewed. I knew it was going to be a dude in sunglasses and a trench coat. I knew. <laughs> he wasn't wearing uh, It's like the I Kevin Smith army. Exactly. Kat, what, what do you think personally? What's worse for you? If it's your pick and nobody likes it, or if it's not your pick and everyone else likes it and you don't? Which Ooh. do you think is harder for Ooh. you to handle? Yeah, that must be a weird dynamic. It happens often. If we're being it's honest, pretty much our it's only like a dynamic. 50-50. Um, 99. I think for my ego, it's when I really love something and you all are like, yeah, that fucking, I hate Tim Burton. That doesn't happen And then I, <laughs> at least like, you know, there have been many a film in which I knew going into it that I was going to be the only one that was like, I hate this and I hate you. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess it's just, I'm just happy to be here either way, you know? Great. The thing I like about this this movie is like throughout the decades there've been tons of fans of horror and throughout that time the fans of horror have had means to make horror movies themselves and now we can make them on iPhones and all that stuff. Yeah. And when that happens, you have tons and tons of output and therefore like something in there must be good and there must be stuff that's happening. So I always want to like keep an eye out for all this stuff and Tubi is a great place to to check out this stuff. I don't know if this was on purpose, but when I watched this movie, as soon as I finished watching this movie, it recommended the next movie that you picked. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, it wow. Did, it, opposite for me. I watched the second movie and then it recommended The Necrophiles and I was like, great oh, algorithm. wow, trends in my algorithm. <laughs> I, I got a, my uh, phone. a I got a recommendation for um, Microwave Massacre you guys have ever we we talked about that uh did we talk about microwave massacre on the maybe show in, maybe in passing Amongst ourselves we haven't spotlighted it no yeah oh really but that's that's on tubi and that, that i came thought up. that was horror comedy um the the this. uh characters names or i'm sorry the actual actors names that they go by yes drew barrymore spelled <laughs> b-u-r-y-m-o-r-e okay that's funny lots of pornos uh and her imdb <gasps> yep. no you don't is this the is this the one that was uh, penetrating the blow-up doll or the one that was being raped by the zombie? No idea. Exactly. Jen O'Side. Yep. Ann Arkey. Yep. And then Christian Curmudgeon. Jonas Ark. Oh, okay. Don't forget. Yeah, yeah. Um, These are all drag queen names. Jen, Jen O'Side is still out there. She's actually uh, six foot three 
and she does like, you know, kind of geek show like type stuff. Did you guys notice, speaking of genocide, she's the the woman that's uh, involved in the BDSM scene where she's like chained up and then zombie the zombie comes in. Yeah. The guy, did you notice the guy that is the, like the dom in that scene with the whip and everything? Did you notice his back mm-hmm. is covered in, in cuts? Yep. That looked real to me. I was thinking that. I'm like, that doesn't look like that, the makeup that, that they had budget for. Not good <laughs> no, enough. No, they, they would have covered up the, the zombie. Which, by <laughs> the way, the zombie makeup is is pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. No, but I think yeah. that that, it's that not, guy was for a B movie. Like, I mean, think about bad taste this is a and C stuff movie. like that. Like, this is a D movie. I, I think an E movie. Z movie. Even. Yeah, this is street. This is street man. <laughs> Z movie. This is just a, people with a camera and some time on the weekend. Getting it done. They call in a real BDSM guy. He's got the scars to prove it. This, this is street level stuff. I love this movie. We haven't done the flying baby demon enough yet. We got to talk about the flying the baby flying demon. It's, it's literally a doll that they painted white, made no attempt to make it look like it's not a baby doll painted white. On a fishing line. On a fishing line. <laughs> you can and see it flies the line. around. You can see it. So the serial killer, rapist, sadist is. is apprehended by the two detectives at the beginning of the movie and they kill him one one of the detectives is really he goes rogue through the whole movie and he ends up doing drugs and all this stuff but they kill the guy and then later on the satanic cult the spirit halloween store cult they resurrect him as a flesh-eating zombie rapist killer by killing a baby and pissing on it the the baby his son that was his son from the one victim that he got pregnant that survived i didn't catch that and they're all shocked by everything after that yes and then they're running for like refuge and they're trying to be the hero when they killed a baby and pissed on it like i mean that's pretty bad two of the cult guys kind of have some buyer's remorse after the (laughs) zombie comes back and they run off and they they come up with a counter spell and they bring back the the baby to life and now the baby is a flying zombie baby and that baby goes and 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 gets vengeance for everyone involved i would say it's a good if i'm being realistic a good 6 minutes alone of just baby flying around wailing <laughs> not exa- i wouldn't say no, i'm exaggerating you're i not, think 6 you're minutes not. is is pretty I love accurate i the, the noise the baby makes <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, I, I'm not even an edible could have saved well, this film you know, for me. <laughs> through this podcast, we've been through hundreds of films. Yes. And we've judged uh, film festival submissions yes, from the beginning all the way through the end. And it's not easy, but to recognize something like this that is very low budget, but does something special, I think is is a cool thing like no one's gonna think this is an amazing movie but that they went for it and that it exists is amazing (laughs) yeah i think i think i realized uh so after i watched the first time i was like this is just trash i'm so mad at trent um (laughs) i looked it up online and i I don't know if it's imdb or like one just like one of the reviews the cover of one of the iterations of the vhs the quote on the front said, it's a cross between Scream and Evil Dead. And I was like, the balls on this. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, but then I watched it again through the comedy lens, and I was like, okay. They put that, they got some like trash mag to like give them like a hilarious quote. Like, well, that's like the everything thing about the cover is tongue-in-cheek. Art. The cover art, they spend $3,000 on. The movie, they spend $1,000 on. 
So yeah, you see the cover art, you're like, oh, I'll check that out on Tubi. This looks like a legit movie. And then you click on it, and it's some dude with a VHS tape. I'd like to bring up a point, an argument, Please. if you will. So you say this is the comedic horror movie. The sex scenes that they have that do not pertain to zombies, I would say, are pretty long. Well, I think yeah, we could think sure. about long the blow-up doll. In what sense? I'd like to talk about the blow-up doll scene. Sure, let's. She friggin' penetrates. She reams that doll in the ass. For like a good like couple minutes. It's a long scene. It's the a squeaking long scene. Of the, the squeaking of the rubber. It's the squeaking. <laughs> it like irks me. It definitely was like nails on a chalkboard. And so that... Those are the moments in which I'm like, yeah, you say this was like a comedic like joke. Don't you on think that's movies. kind of funny that somebody would be for for that long? Kind of, that somebody would be yeah. reaming a a, a blow for up like doll with a dildo. Forty five seconds. I don't think it's several minutes. I think it's probably forty five seconds. I, it felt like right. an eternity. <laughs> but then to me, but then longer well, I than mean, necessary. How do you think the blow up doll felt? But then the zombie killer, the the payoff is the zombie killer shows up and falls in love with the blow up okay, doll. Okay, that is. And ends okay. up dancing in a field with I a blow-up doll. I think that's obviously my TCM. favorite part. It's obviously my favorite part. And then part. the baby- You're coming around to this Then movie. the baby <laughs> shows up and deflates the doll. So and really- He's coming around to this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but that, no. that's what I mean, Kat. Like, the the level of- It's one thing to, like, throw in TNA in Which a horror does. movie. Which it does. Plenty of. A lot. But it is, it is, it's gratuitous. <laughs> and it does, it does make a departure from, like, the true comedic- Aspect of the movie to like, oh, you're just being dirty. You gotta but pick if you a watch lane. other SOV movies, this is light. This is like very light comedy because that, that's the ultimate no rules format. They weren't right. They, it's, not most of it's it like real board. snuff. Right. It looks like real snuff, and it's like really, really dark, and it's really gory, and that's what it relies on. And it has a really dark mood. This stuff is light compared to that stuff. <laughs> All right, my next selection for Tubi 90s Shot on Video Week is uh, a movie called Bloody Muscle Bodybuilder in Hell. This, uh, yeah, this lists as being from 1995, but this movie actually took 15 years to make. Uh, He started making it apparently around uh, 94, 95. This was uh, written, directed, and uh, stars in a dual role. Uh, Shinichi Fukuzawa. He plays both uh, the main character and the main character's dad. And this was a, a labor of love that took a long time to complete. It wasn't finished until somewhere around 2009, 2010. They printed up 100 DVDs in 2012, sold those, and then there was a uh, theatrical release and more DVDs in 2014. And today it has just been released uh, in a deluxe Blu-ray, again by Visual Vengeance. This is uh, kind of talked about as the Japanese Evil Dead. And that was the first thing I thought when I saw it, even before I saw that. People refer to it as that. I mean, that's what it is. Um, this is the story of uh, <laughs> of Nato, a guy whose uh, ex-girlfriend is studying like paranormal activities for school or something. She wants to be... She's a photojournalist. A, she's a photojournalist, and she's investigating like haunted houses. And 
he decides that he's going to take her to his dad's old house that he hasn't been to in however many years and show her around there. She brings a medium with her. So it's the three of them, Nato and Mika and uh, the medium. And they go in to explore the house. And before you know it, strange events start occurring. This movie starts off by showing you a murder that occurs in the house, which is Nato's dad and uh, his lover. They get into a quarrel. She tries to kill him. He kills her, buries her in the floorboards, even though it's supposed to be the basement, but he breaks the floor. You know, you can't really connect too many dots in this movie. Basically, they're in a house. The house gets uh, gets sealed and won't let them out. And the spirit of the vengeful lover takes over. I love this movie. This is so much fun. This is another one that just the the passion and the love is, is, to me, it just makes it so charming and so much fun to watch. I've seen this a bunch of times now. Love the practical effects. There's tons of great practical gore just stop motion very much like evil dead you have like stop motion splatter it's not even identifiable body parts it's just like splatter that's moving around um you have possessed bodies you have of course bodybuilding uh you have shotguns you have some some like imitations of like american movie action lines that happen this movie has it all it's a little bit shorter than necrophiles this is only one hour uh, Necrophiles is about an hour and 12. So this is the briefer, and I would say certainly the slighter of the two. It's it's fixed location. It all happens in that one small house. And um, I just, I had a great time watching this movie. I was expecting something more like Home Sweet Home. When you hear muscle and bodybuilder in the same <laughs> thing yeah, in the yeah. title. I don't know. I just felt a little bit like this guy was an egomaniac. It took him... 15 years to make this movie. So long. Yeah. yeah. So I'm picturing like some like really strict Japanese family asking what he's doing with his life <laughs> at every family gathering for 15 years. And he's like, I'm working on this movie. It's coming out. <laughs> and then this, <laughs> you know, and then, and then this comes out. Um, oh, that's I, I, he's kind of like, to me, what I picture is he's like a uh, Japanese Mark Borchardt. Yes, very much. Yeah. Right, because it took him so long to make this. I mean, if he was eating weight gainer and pumping up for 14 years to to do the final finale, and he was this big, giant, buff dude, I'd be like, hell yeah, it took you 15 years to make this movie. Good for you. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. He was still <laughs> kind of mad scrawny. He was kind of like, he had kind of a Bruce Lee vibe. But there's this breaking out of the muscles, like this Hulk thing, and then it just goes right back to his scrawny-ass body. It was a little bit uh, bait-and-switch for me. But um, one thing I did learn from this movie is let's burn him, that Mm -hmm. phrase. In Japanese, it sounds exactly like iced mocha in English. So you world travelers out there, word of the wise... Don't order an iced mocha in Japan. (laughs) I was also disappointed that we were deprived of a one-liner in the subtitles at the end, right before he started blowing apart the bad guy, uh, the demon or whatever, uh, like RoboCop style. He started with a hand and then blew apart his body to every bit like he just shotgunned a million times. But he said a one-liner before that that was not in the subtitles. There's a few moments like that, yeah. Yeah, it was it was kind of a buzzkill, 
But I did like the one-liners he said, although the groovy was a little bit too far. Yeah, yeah. Saying groovy when yeah. he was doing that. There's a whole ammunition, like weaponry scene, you know, the the montage we're all used to in Rambo and all that, where they're getting the bullets and all that. And he does that. And then he says groovy like in Evil Dead. That, to me, I liked it. Evil Dead is the singular inspiration for this movie. Yeah. And there's so many parts mm-hmm. that are so Evil Dead. Uh, and there's no other meta reference ever. And that was it's just, just too much evil for dead. you. Yeah. It's just yeah. Evil Dead. But I don't know if that's cool or if it's really bad. I, I have no idea about this movie. I hated it the first <laughs> time I watched it. I liked it the second time. I don't know. I love this one. I, I think this is an instant classic. Yeah, baby. It's unbelievable. It's way better than Necrophiles. You know, <laughs> we just got done talking about how you have to like appreciate like the labor of love that these movies take. This is so yeah. hard to do. Yeah. And Necro is just, you know, all the effects are in real time. They're in camera. Like right. the fact that this guy right. spent so much time filming stop motion and doing all this stuff. Yeah. Like I don't see how you can like drag on this dave like this is a mad labor of love yeah it's an homage to the evil dead but they even said you know it was marketed it's it's marketed as the japanese like bloody muscle bodybuilder in hell (laughs) aka the japanese evil dead i don't have a problem with that like i think like i'm sure sam raimi knows all about this movie and is probably incredibly flattered um, that somebody would be so inspired by his movie that they would take a handheld video camera and spend 15 years making, you know, a tribute to it in, in Japanese. I also think this movie's influential. Like, you can't tell me that Juon, The Grudge, in 2002, didn't take mad inspiration from this. It's almost the same story. I mean, it's a right. house in Japan right. that's cursed. And the white face, like when they get possessed, like their version yeah, of the Deadites, yeah, yeah. it looks just like the Grudge. Yeah. But this, did this get released that early? Mm, that's a good point. I think it, but it, it was out there in the underground. It was okay. You know, that's a you, good point. It, in it, Japan, you probably saw it circulated it. in the underground, right? And right. Yeah, I, I'm guessing what took him 15 years to finish was like the stop motion. There's like, a couple scenes that, yeah, yeah, yeah. That are just like, like why spend that much time? It, it, I have no idea. I mean, both movies this week are almost impossible to to really research. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to get a copy of this Blu-ray. Um, you know, maybe if somebody could loan me one for a day because I don't want to actually spend money on it. Um, but apparently there's a commentary by Adam Green and Joe Lynch. Yes. This is supposed to be hilarious. We talked uh, about Frozen, Adam Green. Yeah, movie. Adam Green, Frozen, the Hatchet franchise, Joe Lynch, uh, Wrong Turn 2, both very entrenched in the horror world and the indie horror world. I thought the things like Groovy, I didn't think it was taking it too far. I thought it was wearing its heart on its sleeve. I thought it was a little slow to get going. You know, the necrophiles pretty much just get you going right from, you know, minute one. I thought this one was a little, but, you know, in like an Evil Dead sense, it's not like the Evil Dead that that takes. If you go watch that, that takes a good 30 minutes, 35, 40 minutes to like really get into things. I loved the fact that the guy wasn't that buff. And I loved the fact that, you know, speaking of one-liners, like maybe we missed one in the subtitles, but when he uh, yells, I don't have the exact quote, but he's like, the shotgun isn't my weapon, my muscles are my weapon. And then it goes into the Hulk sequence where like he flexes and his shirt's just ripping off of him. I thought that was hilarious. I actually also, unlike Necrophiles, this movie scared me. 
there are some pretty good cheesy scares uh, where a hand comes from behind or just something happens. Um, there's a whole sequence with um, a several. So they're they're trying to kill like the first deadite that sort of comes about. And they just keep hacking it into pieces, but it keeps reassembling itself in different parts. And one is like the head and the hand is stuck up in the neck. Mm-hmm. And I loved how much he went from filming the actor playing the head to then showing like the prosthetic, which was so not even close. Like all of like the prosthetics didn't match like the actual stuff, but it was hilarious. I mean, there's one scene where he throws a hand a severed hand. And it's so it's so rubber, it bounces back and hits him. Um, I mean, anyway, this one to me uh, nailed it. Uh, this is one. Maybe I will buy the Blu-ray just because this is one that I, I would not mind having in my collection. But but again, we have services like Tubi where uh, hopefully I can watch this uh, whenever I want. I will revisit this one for sure. I think comparatively, anything that I watched after uh, the first the first film we talked about uh, would have been a good one to me but i genuinely very much enjoyed this movie all right yeah look at me guys i'm doing it um (laughs) i would say it was fun obviously i'm a huge evil dead fan so this uh was just like an absolute love letter to the evil dead so i appreciated that with this person i feel like had i made a film like in college it would have been along these lines as opposed uh, to the other ones that we talked about. Not a particularly muscly man, for sure. That was a comment that was made upon Nick coming home and being like, I thought this was the bodybuilder movie. I'm like, it is. Why did you just make Nick sound like Arnold? What? I thought this was the bodybuilder movie. Well, maybe that's what he's been talking about. Where are the like. muscles, guys? <laughs> CIA's got to push in too many pencils. <laughs> this is not the evil dead. Get out of there. Chapa. But yeah, you know, he, but he had, you know what he had? The Bruce uh, Campbell look. He kind of looks like him. I don't know if he's the I essence see that. he's giving off. Yeah, you know I can see that. Yeah. The eyebrows, perhaps the jaw. Or maybe this is just, like, what he's trying to give off when he's making the movie. The whole, like, stuck in the demon house thing was spooky and fun. I was into that part for sure. Um, I love a scorned, uh, a woman scorned uh, and taking revenge on the man's son. Sure, why not? Um, But I think what I loved the most was the fun, totally unbelievable, goofy gore. Yeah. Like, blood, fluorescent blood, you know, claymation body parts, severed heads, all that fun stuff. And I thought the acting was good. I really didn't have any any problems. I liked the um I thought he was like a priest, but I guess maybe he's just like a psychic, a psychic a medium. Psychic, yes, okay, yeah. psychic medium. I wasn't sure. I was like is he here to clear the house? Is he just here to read it? No, he's the reason really... it all happens. Like yeah. they bring him and his psychic powers bring And that's what sparks the, the uh, yeah, the murdered woman. The scorned woman's... the scorned lover. Even the production quality I didn't think was that bad. It seemed, maybe it was the lighting. I'm not sure. I thought it was very enjoyable. Definitely a nice palate cleanser. I was very entertained. This would be one that I would watch more of. It's much more consistently lit than the necrophiles. Sure, There, yes. there are scenes in that that are so dark, you're like, what? It you seemed very cohesive. Yeah, it's yeah. a very cohesive I, film, and that might have to do with the decades worth of editing that he did for it. I thought the production 
on Necrophiles was much better than this movie. Mm. Yeah? Uh, I, th- I think it's a toss-up. I think there are things that each does better and, and, and not as well as the other. I would take exception with you guys uh, bagging on the bodybuilder. I mean, nobody said he's a competitive Mr. Universe contestant. He's just, he he's a bodybuilder. He's a very stacked, more stacked than anyone in this room. Well, strangely, yeah. uh, SOV movies of the 80s have a particular obsession with bodybuilders. There's a lot of mm. bodybuilder horror, uh, yeah. death spa. There's a, there's a ton of movies that are really cool I, from, yeah. from that era, that, but they all have like bodybuilders. I think that's a thing that the commercial uh, you know, production places didn't consider, that maybe bodybuilders are scary. I, no, I think that's because the makers of these movies were all bullied all day at school. And then they would go home to the basement and have their Hulkamania workout set or whatever and dream about, you know, you remember the little ads in the comic books about, like, if you order this, the guy who right. kicks sand in your face at the beach, you'll be able to take him out with one punch. That's these guys making these movies about... It's like the entire this... creep show premise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it has something to do with Hulk Hogan. I, I believe you're right. Body by Jake. I loved the constant hacking of limbs in this where once the medium the medium gets taken over by the spirit very much in in evil dead tradition and the the guy has to be hacked into a million pieces and so that all the body parts are on the table because they're going to burn it and then like you said kevin that was my favorite thing where the the body starts to reassemble itself into different forms where the hand and the and the foot join together so that the foot can run and the hand can grab the guy. And then when the head is on the hand and it's walking around, uh, just so good. I said that the, the beginning was a little bit too, like long in terms of like before we get to the horror and for, you know for a 60-minute movie. But I, I actually appreciated that buildup because I thought they did a nice job of showing that our main character is not over his ex. And I like that. Like there's like a, a real connection there. But what I thought was hilarious was... Uh, there's no explanation as to why the curse is there. Like, there's a scene where his dad shows up on the TV inexplicably and is trying to, like, give him the backstory of yes. how, yeah. you know, it's not your mom. It was, like, my girlfriend, but I was, like, in love with your mom, and she found out. She tried to kill me. I killed her. There's a curse. They give you no- nothing. Like, why is she cursed? Why can she possess the medium? Um, but then... Uh, his ex-girlfriend ends up getting possessed as well. And his way of curing her is to like bite her in the neck and suck out and a suck bunch out of the black poison. juice. <laughs> and then spit it out. Like, I mean, it's something that you have to love and also like totally question about the movie. That's a true suspension of disbelief. Well, there were a lot of things. Like I, I know Japanese horror that predates this. I think I believe House predates oh, this by a lot yeah house was uh late 70s again it this is low 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 budget kevin you mentioned the when the dad shows up on the tv that you kind of get this little chance for some exposition the spirit of the dad that reminded me of ringu too and and you made a good point earlier too you know this was began being made where whenever it was released much later but it began being made in the mid-90s Japanese horror wasn't a household thing in the mid-90s. We've talked about House. I think that was late 70s. And certainly there were, there were Japanese horror movies, but not to the extent, not the explosion of the J-horror 
of the early aughts in the late nineties and early aughts when like, I remember when our local video store put in a J horror section outside of the regular horror section. There was so much horror movies coming out of Japan that was not in existence at this time. So I think that that's a good point that this was really way, way ahead. And I also appreciate the fact that like, you know, I, I mentioned like Sam Raimi probably loves the fact that this exists, but it shows like what a profound impact the Evil Dead movie like really had. Because this isn't what what was Evil Dead eighty one. Uh, Evil Dead two is eighty seven. So this is not that long. A- I mean, after Evil Dead two, and there I think are that, there are like, like very decade, Evil Dead yeah. two yeah. like slapstick moments in this too, where like the hands slapping him around and he's doing like the yeah. I, I kind of liked where there there are a couple uh, where he's doing the one-liners, the, the Bruce Campbell-style one-liners, and the line itself is in is in Japanese, and it's subtitled, but then he says baby at the end, and that, he, he says baby in English, but it's off, like he doesn't accent it quite right, like the, the line, the last one he does is, see you in hell, baby, baby that, yeah. that's the line, so you get see you in hell in Japanese, and then it's like, baby. <laughs> it's not the way you. It's not the way you would say it. He's talking to a baby. Yeah, he, yeah, he <laughs> listens, baby. He does that two different times. Like noun for a child, baby is how it sounds. It doesn't really. He was talking to the baby from the necrophile. Doesn't deliver it like, quite right. No, I don't want to. <laughs> that final form of the demon that's almost all stop motion when the, that final demon comes back up through the floor, the spirit, and all of the the gunk. I don't. It's just. Gunk. It's just like red jello. It looks like jello or something. And it all moves and gets the necklace and, and coagulates around the skull and makes that bizarre demented clown thing. And then he drives the um, the weight bar through the mouth of it. Mm-hmm. It's pulling yes. itself off the weight bar. That so is so weird. So yeah. well, like, it harkens back to when the dad comes on the TV and says go to the basement, you'll find the weapon you need. And he goes to the basement and there's like an axe and there's like a rifle but at the end all of a sudden you realize it's my weight set. It's the weights. Because he's been turning this old house into his personal gym. <laughs> so he's like, oh, I gotta go down and get my weights. Weirdest meathead dynamic ever. Because like he had this thing around his back he's like trying to get the, the, the actual like weights off of the bar and he's like using that old school tool that you like you literally used to have to like use like a wrench to like get your weights off and like the the demon is like getting closer to him it's the longest scene ever and then am i wrong that he takes the thing off his back takes the barbell the the actual like bar and slingshots it like a bow and oh, arrow okay, yeah, through yeah. the demon no i think you're right yeah yeah through the no, demon's mouth and pins it to the wall yeah, yeah. ridiculous <laughs> Next week, Kat, <gasps> I'm so excited. Uh, Can't wait. Uh, what do you have in store for us oh. next week? Well, I thought it might be fun if we had a, a nice uh, lady vampire week. So mm. we've got Queen of the Damned. Uh, Aaliyah, ooh, someone who's actually uh, dead. Not bad. Ooh, uh, All right. Okay. Also, Mary, Mary, Bloody Mary. Which I think will be a nice one as I well. I like the sound of that one. Yes, I think I assumed that that one might be the seventies, right? Laser. Yes, seventies. Maybe boobs. <laughs> <laughs>